Welcome to another episode of the WellFit Lab podcast with your resident Christian burnout coach, Shia Thousand. Hello. And today we are talking about my financial wellness journey. And last week, you guys heard from Julian and Kirsten about what financial wellness means to them. So I just wanted to share my journey with you guys and how I kind of got good with money after many years of doing it wrong. And a lot of the time we feel like we're the only one dealing with how we're doing it or we're a little ashamed to even have the conversation with your friends. And I am a huge um, advocate for talking about money with your friends because there's so much we just don't know and I had to learn the hard way. And if we just had the conversations, then we wouldn't have to learn the hard way. So very first thing, let me tell you, I have had a very poor relationship with money probably my whole life. And I say that because growing up, (laughs) it sounds crazy, but growing up, if you remember the cartoon Richie Rich, I thought my dad was Richie Rich. So growing up, I used to get like anything I wanted from my dad, not my mom. And money was never really an object. So it was not just my dad, but like my dad's side of the family. It just really wasn't an object. At least it never seemed like it was. So I would ask for things and I would get them. And then when I was nine, um, that all ended when I lost my dad. So that level of relationship with money kind of got changed, right? And it went from constantly getting what I wanted to like not getting stuff I wanted and really having to kind of earn it, I would say, or just not get it. And there was a completely different dynamic between my parents and how they both handled money. So that led to me growing up where I was like, you know, I just want to make my own money. And still not really learning much in regards to like savings. I want to say in high school, they taught a little bit about budgeting, but not a lot. But they did talk about creating a budget. I want to say at least one class, maybe. I went to a college prep school um, in Brooklyn. And from there, I then went to college. But then you know what happens when you get into college campus, right? Like all these tables are set up and everyone wants to give you a credit card. And you're like, credit card? Yeah, I want that. Free money. But then all your credit gets messed up because you done banged out all these cards and just acted foolish. And that may not be everyone's story, but that was definitely my story. So on top of that, I just went through a series where I didn't even finish school. So I didn't go to school for a few years, hung out with my friends and just party with my friends. And I had gotten an inheritance and I totally like blew the inheritance, like wanting to do crazy stuff and go shopping and things like that, just blew through the money. And if you know me again, I'm a Christian. So um, it was at this time, I actually read that a scripture, I want to say it's in Proverbs where it says an inheritance gained in haste is gone quickly. And that kind of was like, ooh, okay. So that's what had happened there because I wasn't given any direction. And now looking back, I really wish that I was because I could have definitely set up some generational wealth for my family if I had direction when it came to this money. But I think they were just all tied to me and just like, here, take the money and be done with it. Like, do whatever you want with it. So I blew my inheritance. I acquired all this debt from credit cards, gone on college campus. And I was only on campus like one semester and just banged out some credit cards. And then had to work, had like little jobs here and there. I was always working like five jobs at a time. And again, just not making enough money to even sustain myself, nonetheless pay off credit card debt. So I messed up my credit, something crazy. And then from there, 
I finally um, went back to school when I was like 25 and I finished college at 29. So I'm a total late bloomer in that aspect, but that was just my journey. And I am very appreciative for every aspect of it. Like I'm not saying that that didn't help make me because it did. And so I then when I relocated to um, Florida, if you know my bio, you know, I relocated almost 10 years ago. And that's when I really started on my wellness journey. And a part of that was I started making good money and it's relative, right? Good. It's good to some people may not be good to others, but I started making good money. And then I started deciding like, okay, let's see how I'm going to spend this money, how I'm going to budget this money. So I started creating a budget and then I found the budget Nista and I started joining her challenges, right? Like, so savings, credit, And so my credit started changing. I started getting my savings together. And even still, I wasn't really good. Like I was still spending out of budget, not making, I was, it was, I was making good money, but I wasn't stewarding that money well. So I was making good money, but now I'm still living beyond my means because now I'm thinking I'm making good money so I can live a little better than I did when I lived in New York. And now I have a car and I didn't need a car in New York. So it's all these things. So now here I am making this money and thinking that, you know, I'm just out here and I can live this life that, trust me, I wasn't making enough to be living at the time. And then I'm like, you know what? Okay. I don't, I can't afford to live in this apartment any longer. So I want to buy a house. So what I did was I took one of the budget Nista's challenges in regards to like saving and like we had to put a goal together and my goal was to buy a house. So that year, I want to say it was like 2014. That's when I got real serious. Like my credit wasn't terrible anymore. I had fixed a lot of things. I had spent like the two years prior fixing things. I had hired a company from 2014 to 26, no, 2012, sorry, to 2014 to help me fix my credit. So for two years, I hired a company to help me fix my credit. I was paying my stuff on time. I was getting things in order. I knew I wanted to buy this house. I was saving money. I was working with a much better budget. I was actually making most of my food at home. I was meal prepping, so I'm not spending a lot of money on food outside. And I'm still trying to go on trips and stuff. I was doing the most. But I had gotten better with budgeting, better with saving. So when it came down to it, I didn't have a lot of money in savings per se, but I had worked two really good jobs at that point and I had enough money in my 401k to pull money from my 401k to buy my house. And if you kept it under a certain limit, I didn't pay all these extra fees and stuff because my house was considered a future investment. So that was great. So I was able to buy my first home as a result of that. And I felt like really good and things like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got a house. It was a cute townhouse in Florida. And I'm like, yes, this is awesome. And then I go and take out a line of credit again and just acquire more personal debt. Why? I don't know. So I thought I had the house. So I thought I had it together. But I didn't change the behaviors that got me into that place in the very first place. So that wasn't good. But mind you, at this time, I'm still contributing to my 401k. I'm still calling myself trying to save and budget. But now I have credit card debt. And it's so ridiculous that I'm like now thinking, how am I going to afford to even keep my house? Because 
I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I was on the verge of gonna like not be able to even pay my mortgage anymore. And again, I'm making good money, air quotes. So there's no reason why I should even be struggling at this point. But yet I was because I was not budgeting 100%. I was like fake budgeting and then I'm not accounting for stuff. Like I'm still using my debit card freely instead of using cash. So there were so many things and I wasn't, the budgetista talks about automating your bills and a lot of, and I wasn't doing that. I like started and stopped. I wasn't consistent with it. So I have this house. I could barely like keep the house together. Then I relocate to Jacksonville where I currently live and I still had a house. I had the tenant and I had a series of events happen, which led me to actually selling my house. So at this point, I'm like, I never want to be in this position again. And right before I got to that point, I had gone through Dave Ramsey's financial piece. So I was taking a little bit of what the budgetista was talking about, a little bit of Dave Ramsey's financial piece. And I'm like, you know what? I think I got this thing. I think I can do this now where I'm in a position where I can create the life that I really want when it comes to having a healthy relationship with my finances. And so... I get into a position, I go to sell my house, and now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put some money in savings. I'm going to pay off this debt. And the only thing I had at this time, because I had done good enough, (laughs) I still wasn't, I had like left my job in Fort Lauderdale, moved to Jacksonville, wasn't making any money up here. Like it was really not good. But I did not have a lot of um, personal debt at this time. Because I had done an okay job of paying it down, but again, could barely keep my house. I like had rented my house, so I was able to use that money to help support paying down some things. So I sold the house. I used that to pay off some personal debt, used it to pay off my car. And now looking back, I'm like, darn, I wish I would have invested that money that I used to pay off my car instead of paying off my car and still just kept my monthly payments because probably could have been a millionaire with the money that I used to pay off my car all these years later. So that's one lesson learned, right? Then the next thing was um, I had this money in savings and I paid off these things and now I just have student loans. Like student loans just seem like they never go down. They never go away. Even if you're paying them, it's like you're doing the bare minimum. And right now with this um, waiver um, period where we're not getting charged the interest, It seems good, but so many people are saying like they've been knocking it, like trying to knock it out and don't see even a dent in it, right? And it's coming back on January 1st where we need to start paying those again. So if you haven't been paying it down and you've been investing your money, kudos to you because that's definitely what I've been doing because I'm just like, I need a way to make more money and have my money work for me at this point. And student loans, I feel like will be there for some time. One day, maybe they'll be gone. But at this point, they seem like they'll always be there. So I am in Jacksonville. I don't have a lot of debt at this point. I have my student loans and I'm doing much better. I'm managing my money. I'm keeping a budget. I am like a good steward with my finances at this point. And I'm feeling really, really good. And I then determined after being in my apartment for like two years, I'm like, you know what? I really need to buy a house. So I was mindful and very intentional with my finances over those two years of living in an apartment after I sold my house. 
and I was tithing regularly. And I think that's really important um, for me. I know in my relationship with Christ, like I only have anything that I have because he's blessed me with those things. And that includes my job. That includes my finances. And so I tithe very regularly. And it's actually, um, the Bible speaks about being a cheerful giver. Like it's a very good thing for me. And I'm very happy to tithe because I know I'm pouring back into the kingdom. And I know that the organizations or ministries that I'm tithing to, being able to see what they do in communities is very big. And I know that without the tithes and without the offerings, they would not always be able to do those things. And so it's really important to me to give back in that way. And if you're not someone who's tithing and this is your belief and you are a Christian, I want to encourage you to tithe, like budget in a way that allows you to tithe. But I'm also not going to be um, oblivious to the fact that like everyone is not making enough money. So I want to encourage you to create a budget. And once you create a budget and you really see where your money is going, a lot of the time we realize we have way more money than we actually thought we did. And then or you have way more, way less money than you thought you did. And if that's the case, there are some things that are going to have to get eliminated. Like, I'm not even going to joke with you. I haven't had cable in probably, actually, I haven't had cable since I was about to buy my first house. And so I haven't had cable for seven years. And I only do internet. I do all streaming. And that was something that was important to me and my whole family. Like, we're all sharing because that's how we save money. And that's something, it may seem small, but those small things snowball into bigger things. And when you're paying a cable bill and you're not even utilizing all of the cable, it just seems pointless. So I encourage you to create a budget. I encourage you to stick to your budget because you have no idea how creating and sticking to a budget can actually really be game changing for your life if you're not already doing that. And I know Julian and Kirsten, they spoke about just, we know what to do, right? It's about executing it. And you hear people saying it all the time. The budget needs to have some amazing resources on her site. She has so many free resources. The challenges that she was doing every year that I participated in, those were all free. And we were just dropping in each week, like in the emails, answering questions, saying how much you were saving. And it started always with a survey. And then from the survey, each week, it would do something different. It would tell you to work on something different. And those things were really helpful to get me on the right track and put me in a position where I felt like I had a very good relationship with my money. And um, Getting Good With Money is her most recent book that she just dropped. And going through that book, I was like, wow, I was at like 90%. And in a million years, you could have never told me I would have been at 90% at this stage of my life. And it feels really good and I've gotten better, but it's a result of actually executing the things I knew to do to begin with or just learning, right? So I didn't realize how my credit was being impacted. I didn't, I wasn't even looking at my credit score all the time. I wasn't managing it. There were things on there that needed to come off and I wasn't paying attention. So being, um, intentional about your finances is really important for creating generational wealth, but it's also important for just having access, having access to loans to buy a home, which some people consider an asset, some people consider it a liability, but putting yourself in a position to even do that, you will need credit at some point in time and making sure that your credit is in a position for you to do and have access to things is really important. And it was game changing for me. So 
if you need a place to go, check out the Budget Nista because she has just so many resources. Um, if you've never heard of her, just type it in. You can't miss her. Tiffany, um, uh, Tiffany is the Budget Nista, so you can't miss her. Like her resources are just bomb. And um, another thing that I think really helped me was contributing to my four hundred one k. Like the fact that I was able to take money from my four hundred one k to buy my first house. And I really wanted a house, but I did not have enough in savings. My credit wasn't amazing, um, but it was in a good place where I could get a nice loan. And I really just didn't have down payment. But being able to contribute to my 401k, my company did a company match of, I think, 4% at the time. That was huge for me. And that's free money. I always tell people, like, when people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it, they're going to take that money out. It's like free money. It's like creating a mini savings account, and it's free money that someone is going to put in there to match your dollar for dollar up to a certain percentage. And some organizations do 3%, some do 4%. Um, the most I've ever heard was one organization that does 6%. That's free money. Please sign up for free money. And um, the budget needs to talk about that as well. And having that access to that free money is huge. So those are some of the things that actually help me get good with my money and have a healthy relationship with my money. Also, one thing that the budget needs to talk about is having a separate savings account that is not in like a traditional bank, but more so of an online bank. And that was huge because that allowed me to not always see the money and just go and get it real quick. So how many times do we dip into our savings for non-emergency things? And I was doing that regularly. And it may seem like it's an emergency because you just don't have the money right then and there, but it may not actually be an emergency. So qualifying what is and what isn't an emergency is important. Also, having a separate bank account that you do not have immediate access to is also kind of game changing because once you set up those automatic um, the um, automatic deposits into that account, you're not even looking at it. You've created this budget. You're now seeing the money and you're paying yourself first. So the money is going into that other account and that's good, but you're not really seeing it. So because you're not really seeing it, it's like, oh, okay, it's you know what's happening, but it's not until you check it and you're like, wow, okay, I saved this much money. And I will say, so many people say all the time, like, we are not going to just um, get rich or become wealthy from your jobs alone. Like everyone says this, the budget nista, Dave Ramsey, uh, Julian and Kirsten said it on the last episode. So I think it's really important that you tap into these resources to create what it is that you want for your life. And it has to be an attitude of intentionality behind it. And it can't be just flippant. And we're no longer in a position to say what we necessarily don't know because we weren't taught growing up because we have access to so much free information at this point between Instagram and everyone being like a guru on Instagram, Facebook, but then people who actually are really good at these things and them creating the resources that they wish they had at the time. Again, someone like the Budgetista, this really isn't a commercial for the Budgetista, but I can't stress enough how much she um, and her resources have helped me get to the place where last year at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was able to buy another home. And at this point in time, 
I had just left my regular job, took a leap of faith and took a contract job that paid me almost 25,000, actually, yeah, 25,000 more than I was making at my regular job. I was able to save when we went, as soon as we went into lockdown, I wasn't run, going out anywhere or as soon as we went into quarantine, I wasn't going out anywhere. So I was able to save enough money within 30 days for a down payment and I closed 30 days later. And so within 60 days, I started my new job in February. By April 30th, I closed on my new house. And my new house is more than my last house. However, it is um, more land. It just has better everything. And this is literally the house I prayed for. So I constantly say that I'm living in my prayers. And I think a big part of that, what we don't always realize, we're always striving for something, but we don't take a moment to just sit back and see how far we've come. So if you're someone who's not good with money, I want to encourage you to just sit down and write down what it is, how, what's, your, what's your dream financial situation, and kind of reverse engineer that from what your dream is and how to get there and start where you are. Like, what's, what's stopping you right now from reaching that dream position that you um, want to be in? Yeah, everyone wants to be millionaires. However, like, what are you going to do to get there? We know you're not going to only get there from your job. So um, Professor Kezia, um, Kezia Williams on um, Instagram always talks about assets and liabilities and always tapping into other streams of income, creating other streams of income um, so that you can build that. Dave Ramsey talks about it all the time of being the millionaire next door. A lot of millionaires are not people who have inherited wealth or not people who hit lotto, but they are like teachers and principals and um, people that you would not normally expect because they have tapped into um, savings and actually investing their money, money market accounts, and building wealth that way so that they're regularly investing. They take in, they're taking advantage of their company's 401k plans and getting that match. Like That match is really huge. So this is just my journey, and I would encourage you to kind of think about what it is that you see for yourself and what your next is like in 2017, I actually sat down with one of my girlfriends and we got together one weekend and we actually wrote out a game plan for the next 10 years of our life. And me buying this house last year was a part of my game plan that I started building on and making sure I was in a better position from 2017 to 2020 to buy this house. My credit was way better. I started putting things into play to make this thing happen that I really wanted. So I have been working on different um, projects of my own. I started a business. I wrote a book. And these are the things that are helping me create those different streams of income. But also on top of that, it's giving me access to different people to learn more. There's so much information. So just staying in the know and getting out there and learning as much as possible um, so that you can build generational wealth. If you have children learning now, and I just found this out through Instagram, that if you have children, you can put your children on your payroll if you have a business. And that's huge. Like, who doesn't want to offset some taxes and things like that from that? However, do the research. I'm not an expert. This is not me trying to educate you on how to handle your finances at all. So I'm not an educator. I'm not an expert. This is just me sharing my journey. 
But there are so many people out there that have done it. They've done it well and they are sharing how they've done it. It's almost the doggone blueprint, if not exactly the blueprint for how you can do it too. So be encouraged. I just wanted to share my journey. Hopefully it helps somebody. And let me know. Send me a message online. Drop your comments in. Um, if you've done something that you've done really well with your money over the last few years and you are building out for your dream life and you have multiple streams of income or if you bought a home, if you've bought a multifamily, share it. I want to know. I want to know what people are doing out there and how you got good with your money, how you got better with it, right? Like black women, we out here doing and being a lot of things and us getting good with our money is going to be helping the generations behind us. It is helping our moms. Like if our moms weren't good with money, they're looking at us and they're encouraged by what we're doing. So continue to do what you're doing. If you're not good with money, you too can get there, but you have to make a choice. And honestly, all those bags that everyone's buying, all those bundles and things like that, they don't hold no value. Like pay attention to the things that hold value, assets versus liabilities. Let's focus on our assets and not on liabilities. I will tell you my car is more than five years old. I will tell you that I don't even think about it. I don't care. Everyone has a nicer car than me. That's fine. I'm not worried about it. Um, I listened to the budgetista talk about how she was driving a hoopty for years and would be the last person to leave engagements that she was paid to speak at because she didn't want people to see her car. Like That's the motivation I'm on because right now, it's not important. It does what it needs to do. It doesn't have to be the nicest vehicle and it's paid off. So I don't want to pay a car note right now, so I'm going to hold this car for as long as I can so I don't have to pay a car note and I can invest my money in other places that will actually begin to make money for me. So I want to encourage you to be mindful of how you build assets and liabilities and let your money work for you instead of you working for your money. Hopefully you got something out of today's episode. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the WellFit Lab podcast. It's your girl, Shia Thousand. And be encouraged. Till next time.